So today we're actually talking with Mark Kidd, who is the fire chief for the Pleasant Valley Joint Fire District. The ability to, to, to make yourself better starts with who you associate with and, and what you can learn. Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, premier, professional, and proactive, brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. I'm your host, Clayton O'Brien, and I'm the fire chief from the city of Napoleon, and I'm an active member of the association. I currently sit on the executive board for the Ohio Fire Chiefs Foundation, and I became an association fellow in 2021 as part of class number 10. The Ohio Fire Chiefs Association exists to improve the safety of Ohio by leading, representing, educating, and supporting Ohio emergency services. This podcast is not only for the members of the association, but also for any other fire and emergency service leaders. It is the purpose of the association to promote education, best practices, and study ways and means to cope with the ever-increasing need for a better understanding of the complex problems which are being presented to the fire protection and emergency services of our nation today. I'm joined by my co-host and my assistant chief, Joel Fry. Thanks, Clayton. Hello, I'm Joel Fry, Assistant Fire Chief for Napoleon Fire and Rescue. I am a current member of the OFCA, and I currently sit on the Education Committee. I am happy to be here, striving to advance the fire service as a whole. So today we're actually talking with Mark Kidd, who is the Fire Chief for the Pleasant Valley Joint Fire District, and currently the President of the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. So welcome, Mark. Guys, thanks for uh, having me on today. Uh, not gonna lie, this is my first time being interviewed in this kind of fashion, so I'll, I'll get tongue-tied a few times. Um, I'm sure like a bunch of firemen out there, I, I got into it as a firehouse brat. I was sneaking out of high school to take runs with the local volunteer fire department uh, in the little town that I grew up in in southeastern Ohio. I was fortunate enough to, to get hooked up with a group of guys in a different volunteer department just south of Zanesville, uh, the Newton Township Fire Department there. Uh, that's where I got my 240 card. I got my medic card through Grant Paramedic Program where a couple of the guys were affiliated as instructors. It, it snowballed from there. My first full-time job was actually on the west side of Columbus for Franklin Township. I spent 20 years at Franklin uh, moving up through the ranks all the way to the assistant chief's position. And then in 2012, I was hired here in Plain City at the Pleasant Valley Joint Fire District. Uh, believe it or not, that'll be almost 10 years ago uh, I took that position. It's, it's been a, a pretty nice ride, so to speak, if you will. So Mark, tell us just a little bit about the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. How did you first become involved with the association? Like what brought you into it? Well, again, I, I just like, and I'll refer back to it. I I got some really good mentors in, in my world, uh, you know, guys that I call the 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 grandfathers of of the fire service in Ohio in some fashion in my mind. Uh, guys like Tom Grau, uh, Larry Flowers. My Kurt, my original fire chief was Ted Reedy. Ted's tied back in to all of those guys, um, but Tom was pretty instrumental in a lot of the different stuff within the Ohio fire chiefs. Ted was involved with a lot of the assessment center stuff with with Tom. And, and the next thing you know, hey, uh, they're like, hey, have you joined the association yet? And I'm like, tell me about it. So those guys, word of mouth, just said, hey, this is something you need as, a, as an up and coming guy 
this is somewhere you need to be to to get involved to to make connections to to meet fellows that are going through the same thing that you're going through and and really take yourself to the next level of the fire service if you're truly in wanting to be a leader within it yeah, I totally agree with that, Mark. I mean, I feel like that was kind of the same way for me and why I became involved in the in the association as well as just because of, you know, the mentors before us that really wanted to, you know, get the young guys involved is the way I felt and uh, always with open arms. So, Mark, with that introduction to the OFCA, what made you want to be the president? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I never really envisioned myself moving through that, I guess, hierarchy uh, in, in the manner I did, but as you become involved with that organization, you, you, that natural element of wanting to serve, wanting to be involved, wanting to help grow the fire service and, and the association as itself. Hey, you know, it's the natural progression of leadership. You want to take on that additional responsibility. You want to take on that role. And, uh, you know, again, Falling back into probably my my biggest influence, um, retired Chief Scott Skelton. You know, we had all kinds of conversations about, hey, how can you be involved? How can you make yourself better? How can you use some of your abilities to to make the association better? And it just became a natural fit uh, based on on some of his guidance. Did you ever feel like it was just overwhelming at times or when you first, like, were you hesitant when you first got into the board of like, say, signing up for committees or how much you were going to be involved in the association? Well, let me tell you, I mean, you're, I got involved with the association at a, what I call a fairly young age for, for a leadership position. And I'm looking at the guys that, I have always looked up to, you know, those, those real, what I call the giants of the fire service, um, you know, and you, doesn't take long to be overwhelmed by, oh man, what, what am I doing with these guys? Cause these guys are, these guys are the, they're the best of the best, if you will. And, you know, you start looking around the room and I don't belong in here, but then next thing you know, you, you, you find out that, those are the same people that want to see you grow and want to see you improve yourself. So it, it, you, you develop a comfort after a little bit. So tell us a little bit about the uh, makeup of that board of directors. So like how many are there? Uh, where do they come from? How are they elected? That sort of thing. How do you become a board member? Well, realistically, the way you become a board member is you become involved in the association. You know, the the lion's share of the work within our organization is done at the committee level. You know, you, you'll see email after email, post after post about what's happening within our policy committee, what's happening within our legislative committee, what's happening, you know, EMS, membership. You know, there's there are all kinds of, of different offshoots of the organization, and those committees carry the weight of the association and you know, that's where the work gets done now we typically will pull board of director members from those committees we'll start to see the the folks that get themselves active that that start to engage that start to do the the lion's share of the work and you you self-identify in some fashion and then we get to what we call the board of directors you know there are six district directors so there's the the state of ohio's drawn up into six six chunks, if you will. There's east, west, north, central, and then north and south. So you've got northwest, northeast, 
southeast, southwest, and then north central and south central. So there are six district directors. Those individuals are chosen at the conference by their respective groups. Uh, and then they're appointed for a, a, a term by the actual members of those districts. Then there you'll, you'll also see three at-large district directors, and those can be from anywhere in the state of Ohio. The only stipulation is you can't have two from the same district. So with that said, we've got uh, currently one of the, the at-large directors is from Northwest. There's one from Northeast and there's one from Southeast. Those again are on a rotating term that are elected by the entire organization. And those are done by actual ballot and election at the conference as well. Then you also see the executive board. Again, these are all elected positions from the entire organization. We've recently transitioned to a new format. Back many, many, many years ago, and I only know this because the, the folks that are around have, have given me the history on this, is before our current setup of a, a very active executive director and office staff, the, the, the president and his executive board were doing, doing all the work. It originally was a two-year term for each spot. Hey, that, that was just burning the guys out. So then they did the president, first vice president, second vice president. So it was a three-year commitment instead of a four-year commitment. Um, we found with the board set up the way it is with the, you know, with our current executive director, Michelle Fitzgibbon, uh, and, and I'll give a shout out to Michelle right now. Uh, lady is a rock star yeah. and she's hired super, super great people working in our office staff. Now, I know you guys have dealt a good bit with Ann Beach and, you know, she heads up some of our, our education services there as well. Um, you know, you, you can't ask for better, better folks to help us. They started carrying a lot of that day-to-day -day operation. And then we found that, hey, you know what? And I'll, I'll be the, I'm the last of the one-year term president for a while, I think. I'm just now starting to really get comfortable within my role and position and know who to go to exactly when, why, how. So, hey, we, we, we built that back to a, a two-year term. So what you're going to see now is, is you have the president, which I'm the current sitting president. President-elect is Colin Altman. Colin is a super great guy. I, I know many of us know Colin pretty well. He, he carries a lot of the, the weight of the, the volunteer group, uh, as well as starting up the new diversity and inclusion task force. Um, he's our president-elect. So in July, he'll be getting sworn in for a two-year term. Deputy Chief Rick Vober from Akron is our current vice president. The reason that we did that is, again, we had those, we had the four-member group, if you will, before, and the board decided that, hey, you know what, this would give us an opportunity to have some, some continuity on the board. You know, so he, again, while he goes every two years, he can actually be reelected into that position. And then the, the fourth member of that group is uh, retired Chief Matt Noble as our Sergeant at Arms. Throw in uh, Rick Anderson as our past president, who still is very active within that executive group. And, and that's kind of the the upper echelon of the board of directors, if you will. Yeah, the uh, actual, we were just talking about that today in Rotary with, uh, you know, when you just get in for a year, you feel like there's just so much more that you want to be able to do and you just finally get comfortable and then then it's over, then it's being passed on to the next one. So it's exciting that the uh, the board recognized that, the association switching it back to that two year uh, just to be able to keep it going. Yeah, Mark, you mentioned the sergeant at arms. What does that position do? 
you know, he's kind of the, I, I call it, he's the steadying force within our group. Typically, you'll see that person be someone that has been around the board of directors for an extended period of time that kind of knows the history of that that group of folks. And again, if you go to the whole par parliamentarian process, you know, he, he he's the heavy. If somebody's not following the rule of order within our board of directors, he's the guy that, that steps up and says, hey, no, that's not correct. You're going to need to stop that. So again, he's he's got a... I don't want to say a ceremonial role because he's, to me, he's kind of that guy that when all else fails, you kind of look over your shoulder and go, hey, Matt, are, are we doing what we're supposed to do? I know that he is most likely stepping away from that role. And I think that uh, hopefully come conference, we're going to be able to announce that we've got somebody that's that's stepping into that role that's going to continue to be that presence for our board. Wow, Mark, this is a lot of great information that you're sharing with us today, but let me just take a moment and just share a little bit about your department and where you're coming from. Mark is actually the fire chief for the Pleasant Valley Fire District, which covers approximately 82 square miles and has 12,500 residents in the Plain City, Ohio area. They are a combination department which employs 17 full-time firefighters and 32 part-time members along with the fiscal officer. They deliver fire protection, prevention, and education, as well as emergency medical services. They also do numerous other forms of aid to their residents. All right, Mark, we're going to move on. Can you tell us about the annual conference? Where is it located? What time of year? And what really goes on? What happens there? Well, first of all, that is my one guilty pleasure as a fire chief. Uh, I, I made that deal with the devil when I took my position here at Pleasant Valley is every year you send me to the conference and here's why. Number one, it is a, it is an education opportunity. The ability to, to make yourself better starts with who you associate with and, and what you can learn. You know, that conference is designed for that. It's every year in July, this year it's going to be the 18th through the 22nd. It's a Monday through Friday. It's going to be at the Hilton and Easton. Uh, we've been there for several years now. I think we've all grown pretty comfortable with that setup because, number one, there's plenty of space for us at that hotel. There's room for our vendor show. We're close enough with our vendors that you don't feel like you're walking across this huge area to get to talk to who you need to see. But at the same time, there's plenty of room for to show off the, the latest and greatest equipment. Chief Tom Wallace retired from Farmersville, Ohio. Tom's been the, the godfather of a conference for years. He's working it twice as hard, I think, this year because I think he really wants the conference to be even better and building on something that's great already. You know, again, that's Tom for you. But he, he's got you know, he's got that core group of vendors we always always see every year, but he's also got some new and, and interesting folks to talk to. But he's he's striving to have that education piece to be the again the center center focus of what we're doing. Throw in a little, throw in a little extra networking, and it is a recipe for a great week of what I call professional development. And I couldn't agree with that more, Mark. I know that Joel and I both uh, attend that conference every single year, and um, it is just something that ever since coming in as a young 
chief just starting, uh, just the open arms of everybody around you and and everybody wanting to assist and help. But uh, but not to mention, you know, the educational piece that you get out there, you're having the the latest and greatest, you know, the information that's uh, being displayed there. So uh, really just a big part in our lives as well, too. So. Yeah, no, no. There's been some really, really uh, keynote speakers there. Some really large names come through. Dr. David Griffin, Gordon Graham, you know, and Rick Lasky. So it's always good to have those, uh, you know, essay matters on there. It was uh, very good classes and very good, I guess you could call them headliners that made the conference really worth going to for sure. Yeah. You know, and those are the ones that are stapled in for us and that we actually just uh, bring back to our department. We kind of make a joke sometimes that, uh, uh oh, the Chiefs got back and uh, now we're going to go through a whirlwind of changes or, uh, you know, just that that re, you know, that reset button that we hit on a regular basis, on an annual basis to come back and just really kind of get back into it. And uh, and so it's been definitely a, a, a benefit for us. So. I mean, you guys forgot Randolph Mantooth, though. I mean, how many of us grew up watching Emergency? You know, Johnny and Roy is why we got into this, right? Yep, I do remember that. <laughs> now, Mark, that uh, that conference is a great opportunity, but is there a conference that's more geared towards the volunteers? It's funny you, you ask that. I know one of the changes that we made to the original conference is we kind of shifted the dates so that it was more of a Monday through Friday format and one of the the real things that we didn't want to lose focus of is is that our volunteer chiefs make up a very large percentage of our organization as well and we wanted to do something especially suited to them so that we didn't miss out on on, on that opportunity to not only interact with them as as chief officers but you know make sure that we're giving something to them for to, to benefit the volunteers so um, this will be the second year that we're doing it. This year we're going to be at Salt Fork State Park over in, in outside of Cambridge, Ohio, there in Guernsey County, and right off of 77. Neat place. I kind of grew up in that area, so Salt Fork's kind of near and dear to me. Uh, I played a few rounds of golf there and spent, spent a little bit of time on the water there. I don't think we're going to do it because it's actually September 24th and 25th this year. It's the Ohio Volunteer Fire and Rescue Leadership Development Symposium. Two days of classes. Some of the foundation side of the Ohio Fire Chiefs is actually going to help defray some of that yep. cost for us as well. Um, so I think that you're going to see, you know, I think the Ohio Oil and Gas Group uh, is has made a, a very generous donation to us as well for that. So I, I think you're going to see a really, really neat setup for that weekend. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get a nice turnout this year. Yeah, I do too. Um, that just a great opportunity for the association to recognize that there is two vastly different uh, types of, I should say, chiefs or leaders. When you got the full time and you got the volunteer, and and some that meet, you know, at different uh, times, you know, work better for different individuals. So uh, glad to hear that they are making that uh, effort and that change to uh, make sure that they connect with those because I know that we talk to our uh, our fire departments around here, our fire chiefs around here that are all volunteer. And, and that is something that was uh, described by them, which would have been a great opportunity for them to attend to. Mark, one last question on the conference. If you could describe the conference in one word, how would you describe it? Because I know my word would be networking. That'd be the one way I would describe it. What would you use? I, I would say the word refreshing. It's nice to go and be around your peers Find out that you're not the only one that has problems. 
find out that hey there's some pretty good ideas out there to solve your problems if you share if you share with others you can solve theirs and they can solve yours and you come you mentioned it a little bit earlier when you were talking you come home feeling refreshed you come home feeling like you can make an impact on your own organization and that let's face it in the days of the the stress and the 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 acknowledgement that sometimes the mental health aspect of the job is pretty difficult, man, that that's important. You know, it's important to come back home with a, with a little bit of a bounce in your step and a smile and know that, you know, that conference is what's going to provide that for you. That is right. But uh, like Joel said, with the networking, I feel like uh, that for me too is a big part, the networking and also the refresh and the reset. But uh, one of the other places that I really felt the networking piece was the new fire chief symposium. So back in 2015, when I first became chief, I attended that new fire chief symposium training. And I remember this training because it was just a huge impact for me. Um, And at that time, it was at the Deer Creek uh, State Park. And, uh, you know, we had education, I mean, that that covered a lot of different uh, topics. Tell me why the board and why the Ohio Fire Chiefs so interested in investing in such a young chief like me at that time, because that was on the weekend and, and, uh, how to get so many different individuals there to be able to put on that type of weekend event. Well, first I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out to you guys. That's also going to be run concurrently with the volunteer resource symposium there at Salt Fork. So, okay. you know, it's going to be that exact same 24th and 25th of September. I did say, yeah, September, make sure I get to the right date, but <laughs> That I got the opportunity to sit on on that the last couple of years. I actually got to teach a little bit of that last year. And man, I I wish I would have known about that when I was stepping into a chief officer role, because it gives you confidence it, and it provides you with uh, what I call a core group of folks that you can pick the phone up and, and you because know, you spend a couple of days with them. And the next thing you know, you feel like, you know, you've known them for years. The, the folks that go through that class with you and you know the, the fire chiefs felt that hey you know what what better way to to help our new members than to give them some tools and some ideas you know and and that program is designed to do exactly that you know and it I think that again we, we've helped defray some of that cost through generous donations uh, of several of our supporters but man how do you how do you miss out on an opportunity like that it's it's two days of of networking it's meeting with others but it's also covering some core ideas of what you're going to have to deal with as a chief officer whether it be budgeting or strategic planning or you know the development of your organization you know you also learn about some of the tools and and other benefits that are out there to help you as a new chief that's what I do remember too, is that, uh, it was just, it, you know, you have a, the networking at the conferences, there is a lot of attendees and there's a lot of things that are going on. Um, and, but this a new fire chief symposium and then being that smaller, smaller core group that I do, I still feel to this day that I, I talked to many of those individuals that were in that same room. And, uh, even a lot of those board members that actually taught a lot of that class. Uh, but we've talked a lot about the like symposiums or conferences or different networking pieces. But I do know that the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association offers a lot more uh, services 
And so um, maybe maybe just uh, touch base on those types of different services that they offer, like the consulting or assessment centers and you know promotional testing. I know lots of different departments use you guys for that. So uh, let's just talk about that a little bit. Well, you just hit three of our big and diverse offerings as far as the high fire chiefs for some different things. You know, obviously promoting within your organization is is somewhat of a difficult process. And, and from a guy that we've tried to help hold our own internal process before, sometimes that internal bias and that, that you know, you, you get too much groupthink, I guess, if you will. Hey, and I mentioned Tom Growl originally when I was talking about some of my mentors. You know, they put together what what is now the Ohio Fire Chiefs Assessment Center process many, many years ago. Retired Chief Mark Burgess from Ashland is now our our, our lead for that group. Uh, they come into your organization. They tailor the promotion exam based on what you guys as an individual organization feels important, and, and then they you know, it's kind of a, a nice laid out process of how they do their, their assessment of your employees. Probably the sister to that is retired chief Tom Talcott is our written promotional testing lead. Tom's been doing that for a long, long time. So he goes through, he vets your written questions. He does it off of whatever, you know, it can be as, as easy as a canned process from what the high fire chiefs have in their question bank. And then in the, the third piece of that is our, our consulting group, and that's uh, retired chief Stan Crossley from over at Sydney. Talk about one of the godfathers of the fire service. If you've ever been to, to any of the OFE programs and, and that kind of stuff, there's not a guy that doesn't. I swear he, he probably does strategic planning in his sleep, and he'll come in and do that for your organization. In fact, I just saw a, a friend of mine uh, at a local department here, not too far from me, they they're a growing, growing community, and I'm talking a big city size community. They're bringing the high fire chiefs consulting group in to look at their organization to help them make some decisions as far as budgeting and and manpower and and process. All of those go into it, and we have those things that are available to our members at a, a fairly reasonable cost. Mark, now there is a credentialing process in place for the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. Can you tell us what that means and how people go about getting that? Well, again, with any kind of professional certification, you know, sometimes the 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 way to exhibit that you've met a certain standard is through a credentialing process. Um, the high fire chiefs have put one of those in place for chief officers. They've also put one of those in place for company officers. So you'll see the OFO and the OFC, Ohio Fire Chief, Ohio Fire Officer. What we've done is looked at what the standards are across the country. And you know, we, we've mirrored that off of some other national programs. But once you have those letters after your name, that meant that you went through the process of obtaining certain levels of certifications, doing certain levels of continuing education, meeting certain benchmarks that allows others to know that you have taken the time and put forth the effort to bring yourself to a certain level of, of abilities and training. So, you know, we do that to, to help our, our members, again, exhibit that to their local business community, to their local leaders of, hey, if you've got that after your name, you've, you've worked hard to get yourself ready to do the job that we're doing. Joel and I can appreciate that. We've actually been working on that ourselves and uh, going through that process, putting together that application and doing all those things really kind of mean a lot more of having that OFC behind your name. So it really does mean a lot. 
Mark, Ohio is a leader among the fire profession when it comes to assisting each other. Can you tell us about how the Ohio Emergency Response Plan and how that works? The ERS is a, a pretty neat setup, you know, and I will give a lot of credit to the guys that were involved with that from day one. I, I think you got to go back to the early 2000s. It might have been 2001, 2002, right around in that time frame. Uh, they had a, a pretty large-scale disaster down in Shadyside, Ohio. Uh, they had a, a flash flood, wiped out a, a large area of, I think it was Pipe Creek. Again, I'm kind of from that area, so I'm sitting here trying to remember it in the back of my mind. But anyhow, it, it, the one thing that did come out of it after, you know, we after it was all said and done and the dust settled, it was, man, it would have been nice to be able to, to have somebody we could have called to get the resources we need without, hey, well, I happen to know a guy over here, but no, it, it's as simple as just picking up the phone, dialing an 800 number, and, and you can get resources from the entire state of Ohio. Literally, hey, if you call and say, I need three fire trucks, six, six ambulances, a ladder truck, and four water tenders. Next thing you know, that system will will come and find those resources in a in a relatively close manner, but not pulling from the resources that you're already using and send you those to you. That simple. Let's face it, uh, in in the, in the heat of battle, if you will, how how simple does that make that for you as a as a chief officer, knowing that I can have the resources of the entire state show up at my doorstep if I need it? You know, some of the recent stuff, the the fire up in your your neck of the woods, yeah. I believe. Yeah, was, up in Delta. You know, and I, I've actually got to sit through the class on that. How neat did the response system work that that flawlessly? You know, you, you have a a large metal processing facility on fire. The next thing you know, the the resources they need are on the road. You know, and even a kind of a long-term situation is is now we started to backfill some stuff. City of Dayton, they had some water issues here. The city of Dayton, you know, so I mean, you're you're not talking a small department. The next thing you know, they've got people's water tenders sitting in their firehouses. And they're there for 24, 48 hours at a time. And I think they had a couple fires and, you know, it, it's kind of neat for, you know, the folks in our end of the world that, you know, what are, what are those big black hoses on the side of the fire truck for? Because, you know, that we don't have those here in the city. We got these yellow things that stick out of the ground. We hook hose to it. It's got water in it. Well, hey, when those don't work, you know, the, the, the portable tanks and the, the ability to have hard suction and, and all of that on the side of a truck. Next thing you know, you see groups that you never dreamed working together would be be functioning in an, almost a seamless manner. So that's what this system brings to us. Um, you know, I believe there's eight regions in the state of Ohio is broken into. Each has its own separate coordinator. Each county has a coordinator, you know, and, that, and it kind of builds that web and network uh, and I think you're also going to see the next step of that is some of the different specialized teams in Ohio and, and some of the, you know, well, I'll go one further. They're talking about the Great Lakes becoming a little bit more open for trade. Uh, they were talking about how they're going to be able to to intermingle fireboats. Nobody ever dreamed that you'd hear Ohio and fireboats in the same <laughs> breath. But, hey, guess what? If something goes wrong, the ability to bring those resources to bear uh, is going to be really important. So... Well, I can tell you uh, firsthand, I don't know if you knew this, Mark, but uh, uh, Joel and I actually had experiences firsthand of uh, activating the Ohio Emergency Response Plan. I think it was probably, what, 2016, 2017, uh, we relieved command for Wasion Fire Department uh, for a period of time for their chlorine. Uh, they had a big tanker that mm -hmm. was linking on the turnpike. Uh, when we arrived on scene, we did. We activated the Ohio Emergency Response Plan, and it was just like that. We were able to say, hey, um, you know, we need uh, 
uh, X amount of engines, X amount of tenders, and a different amount of personnel to be exchanged there. And, and within a matter of a few hours, uh, that scramble response was able to get us, you know, new people on scene and uh, be able to continue to that operation. So, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a shout out to retired Chief Bill Hauk. Uh, he's our current ERS director, and and Chief Hauk is a rock star when it comes to that. Go, I'll say the nasty c word, COVID. You know, when they opened the, the state EOC, Chief Houck spent probably the better part of the first three weeks of that pandemic sitting in the, the, the state EOC, being able to, to, hey, you need ambulances? Okay, hey, we'll figure out how to get you what you need over here. Hey, you know, and the, the Ohio Fire Chief's response system became almost integral in the state's EOC process. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, he, he does a great job of representing our association with with the the state EMA folks, with the state EOC folks, you know, we're, I think that system is pretty highly thought of because of how effective it is. Yeah. Joel just corrected me. It's actually, it was a hydrogen leak on the, on the turnpike that uh, lasted, I think it was like 55 hours, but it was just, it was just a crazy, crazy long incident. Uh, But I tell you, you know, just knowing that in the back of your mind and what we've all told our officers or what we've trained them is that we, you know, many times firefighters don't have anybody else to call, right? We get there on the scene, we're expected to mitigate that situation, solve it. And uh, it's nice to know that we actually have uh, a, a lot of other agencies to tap into if we need that help. So, yep. And talking about that, when, uh, when you have that uncertainty of calling and then, you know, you get that other fire chief to show up, like uh, Chief Ram was the one that showed up first mm-hmm. for us there. And just that calming <laughs> experience of having a you know, a uh, older chief that's been around a little longer uh, sometimes can help quite a bit. So you got the old, Hey boys, what are you doing? <laughs> yep. That's for sure. And it does. <laughs> it, it brings up a lot of it. Uh, I know chief Bernhardt also showed up and, and uh, you know, it brings to mind uh, when you talked about, we just talked about that Delta one where they had the response plan utilized. Um, you know, one of the things that we didn't talk about when we talked about all the conferences is we just heard those presentations this year um, at the legislative conference. So we should probably talk about that a little bit because I know that I'm a huge advocate of the legislative conference and getting us a little time with our, uh, you know, state reps and uh, being a little bit in that state house. So, you know, tell us about that, Mark. Called Winter Symposium every year. Uh, and it's usually that first weekend and or that first couple days in March, I believe. So this year, I think it was the first and second. And coincidentally, that's where COVID started for all of us. I believe we were all sitting there when they canceled the Arnold Classic uh, two years ago. And we're all like, they're not going to do that yet. You know, we were the last group to be at the Sheraton there for a long time. Meet at the Sheraton right across the street from the State House. Folks come in, do some continuing education. We get to meet with a lot of the, the different stakeholders at the state level uh, as far as like the the high department EMS, the fire marshal's office, they're all coming in, they're, they're all talking to us, as well as some of our elected officials. Probably the highlight of that whole couple of days is we get to walk over to the state house and we actually get to meet with our elected officials. Uh, there in the rotunda, you know, we, we're outside in the atrium of the state house, we'll meet with our different elected officials. They'll get an opportunity to sit and talk with us. You know, and that that in itself is probably one of the neatest things about the Ohio Fire Chiefs is the impact we can truly have on some of the different legislative stuff that's going on. And that's because of that conference. That's because of those relationships that we build during that, that meeting, you know, it, it truly has 
what I call a huge impact on the on the state and, and how we do our job. Yeah. And I, I would say that a lot of that put together by the ladies that we talked about, you know, Michelle, uh, all that front work or ahead of time, you know, that she's putting in down there at the state house to be able to make these good connections with all the individuals. I know our state reps up here from Napoleon usually show up and talk at the state house. Uh, but then not to forget, you know, Anne uh, making us all get that big picture. So that's uh, that's always a really, really staple, I think, as far as a uh, memory for all of us uh, to get the big picture with all all the chiefs in front of the state house. Well, I, I think we, we sometimes forget, we see Michelle as our executive director, but she's also our legislative liaison to the state. And she does a phenomenal job at what I call navigating the waters down there. She's very highly respected. She does a lot of things that help the fire service benefit. You know, and, you know, she brought over Dan Fitzpatrick from over. Dan was at High Department of Public Safety as our legislative liaison there for a a good period of time. Dan has come back to the high fire chief. She was with us before, but Dan is working directly for Michelle now. And I've got an opportunity over the last couple of weeks to work with Dan. And he's, I tell you, he, he is another uh, integral piece of of being able to navigate that state house for us as an association. And I, I think that we're going to benefit greatly with his, with his presence in the organization as well. Before we go any further, we wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the OFCA Education Committee. This committee is chaired by Chief Brian Taylor. Chief Taylor is always looking for active participants in assisting the OFCA to advance the training in Ohio. The committee meetings take place quarterly on Microsoft Teams. If you would like to be part of the Education Committee or someone you know would like to, please contact the OFCA office today. Mark, if I were a chief and I wanted to become a member, how do I go about doing that? Membership's easy. You go to highfirechiefs.org and you you click on the membership button. There's a, I want to join now, and you press the button. It'll ask you a series of questions. You'll fill your information in, and you hit submit. Realistically, that, that starts your journey. Probably more important is getting involved. And, and getting involved is almost as simple. You know, I, I mentioned earlier that the committees do the lion's share of the work for our organization. You know, are you interested in the legislative stuff? We have a legislative committee. It's as simple as just picking the phone up or sending an email to the office and saying, hey, I'd like to become a little bit more involved with the legislative committee. They'll get you the contact information for the legislative committee chair. They'll put you on a mailing list for that group. Literally, you'll get a link for the different meetings because most, you know, the one positive thing that came out of the pandemic is the ability to have virtual meetings. And instead of driving three hours from your house to, to downtown Columbus, you walk into your office, you click the link, and now I can see you, I can talk to you. You, you don't have that face-to-face, I can't reach out and touch you, but you still see the emotion. You still see the, the personality come through, and it allows you to interact in our meetings. You know, and, and our committees have benefited greatly from that. I mean, like I said, it might be one of the only good things that came out of the pandemic. You know, and again, you ask as far as how do you join? You know, there's a couple different ways. You, know, you can join as an individual member. If you're coming from a department that's le- that serves less than 10,000 people, we actually have a department-wide membership that you can elect to choose. I know a couple of the smaller departments around me 
have chosen to, to do a departmental membership instead of just an individual. But there, there's all kinds of different methodologies. If you're a retired chief, there's still a way for you to stay a member and stay active. You know, and it, I think they, I think they charge you ten bucks a year, you know, as a retired guy. So it lets them stay active. Quite frankly, I, I rely heavily on a couple of the retired guys to, to help guide me, and they still enjoy being active within our association because we value that too. So. Well, I'm going to circle back here. Just we talked a little bit about those committees and and, uh, you know, just like how we launch in this podcast and you're being the very, very first podcast that we're doing for the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. So that's kind of cool. Um, but with that being said, the, the podcast uh, was created out of the education committee. You know, the committee got together. They've been working virtually for a period of time. And and uh, Joel actually sits on that committee. And there's been some conversation for a period of time about how we can reconnect with the younger generation and how we can get them more involved in the association. And it's really, it boils down to the technology and, and putting ourselves to where they're going to be at, you know. Um, so just the, the education committee and the, the work that they've done and a lot of the other ones, you know, I, I think that that, that committee's chaired by chief brian taylor and uh you know he's really helped put us in touch of 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 getting this off the ground and and kind of being that leader in that education committee yeah i would i would agree with that brian's a a pretty decent job of bringing that uh to fruition i think Uh, i know he and i have talked because he's he's close enough that i think his a couple of his trucks are on a couple of my run cars and vice versa so (laughs) well usually we meet in the middle uh on something decent but you know one of the conversations I had with Brian when I first became the president is, hey, how do we grow that? You know, and, and again, I think that all the committees have kind of gone through that a little bit is how do we grow these individual committees? How do we make these impactful? And I think Brian's got some ideas. I think that, you know, we had to to get some, I get some, hey, what, what's the expectation of where we want to go with this? Just, just how much do we want to do? You know, and how, you know, do we, do we, run first or do we crawl first and you know i mean so there was some there's some good conversation that comes out of that and and i'm I'm looking forward to this format number one because i think you talking with you guys talking with brian there's some real neat stuff that can happen through this podcast uh and and being that the inaugural dancing chicken so to speak as you turn the heat (laughs) up underneath me uh you know a it's not that bad folks. And I think that there's some real benefit to bringing this kind of information out, you know, so that others can see, Hey, it's, it's not that scary. It could be, but it's not, you know, um, that, yeah, it's a little intimidating when you first walk through the door of the organization or you show up for your first committee or you show up for your first conference. Oh my goodness. What do I wear? When do I wear? How do I, you Yep. thank yeah. good. Thank goodness I'm on the board now because Michelle tells us what we're supposed to wear. You, today's the green shirt day. So, yeah, you bring that up about the conference. They even put a tag on you when you come for the first time. <laughs> they do. Yep. Well, when you when you get lost, they bring you back to mom. <laughs> 
But I, I would say like in our profession, you know, as fire chiefs and uh, officers in the department, you know, we work so much in the community and with the, with the public. And, and I can tell you, I mean, just getting this podcast off, off the ground was our relationships with our local church. I mean, uh, the church of uh, the Nazarene here in Napoleon is uh, who's helped provide the equipment to get this started. And, and Ben, um, you know, one of the youth pastors here has kind of set us up and, and really runs that technology piece to really get it going. And I can tell you that's just uh, uh, an amazing piece because I think that that's how we, we really make a lot of things happen is just through that networking. Well, we'll definitely extend my appreciation to Ben and, and the church as well for, you know, supporting us because that, that, that means the world, you know, the, the support we get from all the different outside agencies that, you know, whether it's monetary or whether it's facilities, you know, mm-hmm. the, the different things that the different ways, different places support the high fire chiefs is phenomenal across the state and make sure that Ben, Ben knows how much that means to us. Yeah, we'll do. We'll definitely pass that on to Ben. Uh, Mark, tell us, do we cover everything? Is there anything out there pressing that you want to kind of, you know, leave us, leave us with? Well, I'm going to close with one thing. I, I truly feel that the organization is only as good as the people that show up and do the work. And, and that's not me saying anything. I don't think that isn't just the same way with your own firehouse. You know, we're only as good as who shows up. The work is being done at the committee level. Uh, I encourage you, if you're a member of this organization, to find something you're interested in and get involved with it, even if you just sit in the meeting. I truly think that you'll find after about the third time that you sit through a committee meeting, you'll start opening up, you'll start being involved, and you'll start giving input. It's amazing what you learn from the guy that's been you know, uh, one of the committees I was on before I got onto the board was just wa- sitting back and watching. And this guy, I bet you he showed up for every meeting. And I don't know that I ever heard him talk more than two or three times. Finally, somebody in one of my mentors went, Hey, what do you think? Next thing you know, this guy comes up with some of the best ideas in the world. We need our members to engage. You know, there's almost 1,800 members of the Ohio Fire Chiefs. Two, maybe 225 are going to be at conference, maybe. I challenge you, if you, you're a member, show up at conference, even if it's for a day or two. Even if it's just during the vendor show, come and see what it's about. I guarantee if you if you come one time, you'll be hooked. Yeah. I you know, agree. so engage. You, you, uh, we joked the other day at the, the membership committee meeting. Uh, it's Chief Joe Kitchen from up. Uh, up at Bath Township there in Lima, and, and Joe's one of the, the most engaging guys I've ever been around. I, I don't know that I've never seen Joe with a, without a smile on his face. He's just that guy you want to be around. And he goes, what are they waiting on, a personal invitation? Hey, Joe, here's for you, buddy. I am going to, to give a personal invitation to any member to come and get involved in a committee. Like I said, you go to the website, click on the committee button, it lists them. There's a bunch. I mean, some of you'd be like, mm, I didn't even know that existed, but show up at a couple meetings with them. And, and I'm telling you, you're going to you're going to get hooked because this organization is, is a pretty neat setup. And the fact that I think that if you sit down and talk to any of our members, we're all truly interested in, in, in being there, helping each other in the, the, the relationships that you build because of our association really, really make a difference. And if there's one thing I want to leave everybody with is, hey, it's your association. I encourage you to be involved. 
Uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, yeah. And uh, we really do appreciate uh, this hour that you spent the time with us. And, uh, you know, so I just want to say that, uh, you know, from the Triple P podcast, the premier professional and proactive podcast that's brought to them by the Ohio Fire Chiefs, we really appreciate your time. Chief Mark Kidd, our current president of the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the Triple P Podcast, premier, professional, and proactive, brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you feel so inclined, please help us spread the word by telling your fire and EMS friends about this channel. Chief O'Brien has been serving the fire and EMS community since 2005 with the support from his wife, Bobby, son, Ashton, and daughter, Aislinn. Chief O'Brien began as a volunteer and worked his way up to the rank of fire chief in 2015. He began his full-time career with the city of Faustoria in 2008 and moved to the city of Napoleon in 2009, where he has been a fire chief since 2015. Chief O'Brien is a progressive servant leader. He is committed to improving the fire service through developing young men and women into becoming leaders in the fire service. You will often hear Chief O'Brien ask his staff and others he encounters in the profession, what are you doing today to make the fire service better than it was yesterday? He's extremely passionate about training in all disciplines and is enormously proud of bringing a state-of-the-art training facility to the city of Napoleon. Chief O'Brien holds an associate's degree in fire science and a bachelor's degree in business administration. He is a nationally registered paramedic, firefighter two, fire inspector, hazmat technician, and fire EMS, ACLS, and PALS, as well as a CPR instructor. Chief O'Brien is an active member with the Henry County Fire Chiefs, Northwest Ohio Chiefs, the Ohio Fire Chiefs, and the International Association of Fire Chiefs. He participates weekly with the Napoleon Rotary Club, sits on the Substance Misuse and Community Partnerships Committees, and is on the executive board for the LEPC. Joel Fry is the Assistant Fire Chief for Napoleon Fire and Rescue in the city of Napoleon, Ohio. He has been in the fire service for 13 years. Joel has obtained an associate's degree in fire science and a bachelor's degree in fire administration. Joel is a nationally certified paramedic, firefighter two, fire instructor, EMSCE instructor, CPR instructor, hazmat technician, and fire safety inspector. Joel heads up the prevention, public education division, and works to create strong relationships throughout the community in which he serves. Joel has a wonderful wife, Katie, and four young boys at home. He is a member of the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association, the OFCA Education Committee, Northwest Ohio Fire Chiefs Association, the Northwest Ohio Fire Prevention Association, the Henry County Fire Chiefs Association, and the treasurer of the Henry County Firemen's Association Training Commission.